0: Um Trayvon Bradley catches a bomb for a touchdown. You know how you get back the next week and everyone's like, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? And the, you know, what they ask me, how was it? And I, how was it? Uh, did you see Trayvon Bradley? catch a wide receiver screen and run 67 yards for a touchdown. It wasn't just a great Thanksgiving. It was maybe a top, I don't know, 16, 17 moment of my life. And that was from episode 17 of Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I am your host, Bobby Adcock. A just excellent moment in that Houston Navy game uh, for myself. You know. Up on two feet, yelling at the TV. You know, it was like I was at the track or something. It was uh, pathetic, kind of, but in like an awesome way, of course. And we are going to start right back there with a championship, championship week preview of College Football DFS. After that, heading to the pick segment with the doctor where we got some explaining to do, especially myself. Uh, but let's start out with something that I actually maybe did some good things with last week. Starting now. All right. There was some nice things from last week, uh, whether it was the afternoon or the night contest, but unfortunately, Mike Gundy and the Cowboys didn't keep up there in the bargain. Otherwise, it could have been a magical evening. It just wasn't meant to be. But that's all we have this week. And it's really one of the last weeks before the bowl games, really. It's kind of sad, but uh, we got a championship week special on DraftKings. It's an eight-game board. Let's get into the very first game. Start off with the early games at noon. Number one, Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns versus App State in the Sun Belt Conference title game. App State is minus six and a half over under 56. This is at Kid Brewer Stadium, The Rock. Uh, which is App State's home field. So they still do that thing where uh, they're playing on the home field of the number one seed there. So um, we talked about this App State team last week, and the big news was Corey Sutton, uh, the injury impact from him at wide receiver at App State. We talked about Thomas Hennigan. He had uh, really a nice game, I think, with 11 catches, 140, return, tons of value there. I kind of like this guy again here. He's at 4,800 not only because of the role increase in production. I don't, you know, is he gonna come away with 11 and 140? I I doubt it, but I think the floor is just substantially higher for someone like him now in that offense. And I just like that name, Thomas Hennigan. It reminds me of like uh, some sort of cocktail um, or like on Seinfeld when they were drinking Hennigan's or like the Tom Collins cocktail, that's what I was gonna say. Um, So yeah, like, you know, have a little, you know, Thomas Hennigan with a twist of lime. Uh, he's 4800, like him, and then the other guy was Jalen Virgil. Uh, I was picking him as maybe a guy to see some increased production as well. Uh, he was, I think, second on the team behind Sun with a 14 yards per catch, so kind of one of the bigger play guys in the offense. He came away with a long touchdown. and I think finished with 495 one line. He's at 4000 again this week, uh, so I think there's a lot more value there. He should probably be closer to 45, maybe even 5,000, um, considering Sutton being out again. Uh, another thing to think about is they did play this game earlier this season, and it was a 17-7 to uh, barn burner there. So it's just kind of a low-scoring thing. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to match up the same way again, but just something to consider and think about while you're playing the slate. Maybe this ends up being more of a uh, an uglier matchup. Um, other than that, you have uh, nice value, I think, with kind of an affordable stack with Zach Thomas and Darrington Evans uh, at running back for App State. His price is high, but he's been, he has the, he has that cowbell role, nice matchup. Uh, he's involved in the passing game as well. And I think he's had around 25, 30 DK, 30 DK points, like for, I don't know, maybe consistently in the last four or five contests in their conference play. So, um, you know, like nothing really to not like about him and Zach Thomas and the other part is are, are we just out on the Cajuns all together and I think mi- the, the answer might be yes Elijah Mitchell at running back has a little mispriced at 58 I think he uh should be a little higher um I think the other guy was Trey Ragas who's doesn't have the role he does uh, Elijah Mitchell is the majority shareholder here in the backfield uh but has the I think slightly lower price so that's a little strange but um I don't know if just kind of this is the right matchup uh, where you want to play him. I think there's better options in general on the board there. Um, And then there might be some value on their number one receiver, Jamarcus Bradley at 5,100, just because of that role he has, where he's the very obvious uh, go-to guy in that uh, offense for a pass catcher. Uh, Other than that, there really isn't much out there. If you want to look for for a solid floor guy, Jared Jackson uh, has had at least four catches or 50 yards in three of the last four games at receiver for the Rage Occasions. He's at 4,000. Let's move on to the second game, and this is at noon as well. It's the little Maction, Miami of Ohio versus Central Michigan in the match championship at Ford Field. My Lions. Those those poor, poor Lion fans who go there. Um, Central Michigan, minus 6.5 over under 50 four um out on the Red redhawks i think that is the first thing uh running back jalen bester at 6k eh, maybe I, I just this doesn't seem like uh the type of game again with the, the game script over under i i just don't see uh, a great output from that Miami Ohio offense and on the other side i'm in on the CMU running backs uh, Jonathan Ward at 6,600. Kobe Lewis, I think, was 5,700. So, this is kind of a matchup play here where Miami Ohio, if you look at their games and a lot of their game logs, um, they kind of are trying to win games 23 20 or just kind of low scoring defensive battles. And one of those uh, flaws there, though, on that defense is they have a bad run defense. Um, they average. Uh, they allow an average of 180 yards per game, and and this is just to kind of these average MAC teams. So just for examples, Ball State, Ohio, uh, Bowling Green, they averaged over five yards per carry. Their opposing running backs did. That's not including quarterback runs. This is all running backs over five yards per carry um, against this my Ohio defense. And those are just kind of you know run of the mill MAC teams. CMU's strength is the running game. They average just about 200 yards per game on the ground. That's a top 40 run run offense in the country. So that's kind of what they do. They kind of just line it up with Jonathan Ward and Kobe Lewis and go to work. So I think uh, there's a lot of value there. That's about the only thing I'm really looking at in that game um, is those two running backs for Central. So with that said, let's move on to, I think, the game we all want to be a part of, and that is... The, early, the last early game, Baylor versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game in the Jerry Dome in Arlington. Oklahoma minus eight and a half over under 64. And I believe that's tied with Boise State as the highest total on the board. And look, I mean, look, you know, Captain Obvious here, I think you want to be involved in this game. We all know um, this is the best script for DFS being kind of that, back and forth shootout type of game where both offenses are likely going to be motivated to keep scoring late in the game, uh, to kind of, you know, keep keep it in a one score contest. So yeah, I think the thing about this game as well, you know, if you listened last week, if you can hang on and kind of be patient, I guess, throughout the rest of the day, I think maybe the best, most logical way to cash in this slate is probably getting in on this game with both quarterbacks. And Denzel Mims at receiver for Baylor, who's, I think, a very reasonable 6,100. Uh, he has that clear-cut number one role. He has the matchup, the over-under, everything you want for a combination to play in this slate here. And then, of course, Hertz on the other side. Um, we all know what happened in this last game and uh, how he got off with their offense. And that's where I look at, too, with like Hertz and Brewer. This is a game where you can probably, between two guys, get 75, 80 points, you know, and that's maybe uh, on a low side, on a higher side, maybe even closer to 100. Hertz is a guy who can get in the 40s. Brewer's a guy who can get in the mid-30s. So I think just from a sheer kind of statistical number standpoint, it makes the most sense to stack this game. And and last week, a lot of my lineups, uh, my best lineups were were the ones that I talked about I'm going all in on this Tulsa-East Carolina matchup. I'm getting both quarterbacks. I'm getting a couple receivers from each team. And those were my best lineups. They ended up having around eh, maybe 175, 180-some points and getting above the cash line. So if I just would have done that with everything, it probably would have been a lot better day. Uh, So I I think if you can stomach after the early games just kind of not having that much action uh, throughout the day, I think this is the best way to play this slate and safely cash. So uh, yeah, get these guys in there. You know who the Oklahoma guys are. And I think just to quickly mention too, uh, before you get out of this game, uh, Kennedy Brooks, a lot of value here. They've kind of shifted a little bit to more of a run-heavy offense since Trey Sermon has been out and since C.D. Lamb has been a little banged up. So um, he has that 20 to 25 touch role right now in this offense. So I, there's a lot of value there at running back if you don't want to spend up on some of these guys like the Darrington Evans that we talked about for App State uh I think Brooks is one of those guys it makes a lot of sense here so uh you know what to do there N- not uh, very obvious there so we know what to do let's go to the fourth game and it is at 3 p.m we have Cincy in Memphis who played last week um and this is now a repeat of that game in the american athletic conference championship where they are playing again uh in memphis so uh the here here is nine and a half over under 57 in my same uh take i had in the bearcats last week i'm just going to repeat which is just out on this offense with the exception of michael warren um they have a new quarterback ben bryant there uh just not a very productive you know passing game and i think they're just going to struggle in general to keep up with memphis um and on that other side we talked about the kenneth gainwell patrick taylor conundrum it's a complete mess uh like i kind of said i it was i said to avoid it I, hopefully you did it didn't pay off their prices are too high and it's with too much risk uh even antonio gibson uh, got involved in the rush game with a 675 one rush line which is their kind of their uh, Swiss Army knife, but mostly receiver there. So he might be an interesting play at 4,800, but I don't think you can do Taylor or Gainwell and be confident about it. I mean, if you want to do it for, uh, what's what's the word, Uh, contrarian purposes, hey, yeah, sure, go ahead. But uh, for me, I'm going to look elsewhere, and I think there's plenty of options to look elsewhere. Uh, Next thing on that game is uh, Kadarian Jones is kind of carved out a solid floor as receiver for Memphis at 4200 his last three games are six catches 60 yards a 699 one line and then a 253 one line last week so um, at 4200 he makes for one of those um interesting plays like a Jalen Virgil or um, one of those Baylor kind of complementary receivers Josh Fleeks or Chris Platt I think he's one of those um guys as well you want to consider in that range and another guy who I'll mention later for the Buckeyes. And before I leave this game, I just want to mention um, Jared Doakes at running back for Cincinnati. The only reason I like this is because uh, if you ever watch Dexter, the show, um, there's the detective who's always on Dexter's ass, and I really enjoyed that. And uh, I just remember his last name is Doakes. There's just Detective Doakes. That's all I think about when I see that. I'm just like, Doakes. Hey, I wonder what Doakes is up to. So, all right, let's get out of there to uh, 4 p.m. Now here's a game. Where i think you're gonna have a lot of interesting it's on the smurf turf it's boise state minus 14 to the hawaii rainbow warriors over under of 64 and a half so half point higher than the baylor game but i think here you might have to worry a little bit about game script because th- this game they played earlier last year it was a 59 37 victory for boise and the one thing's clear here hawaii's not stopping them at all okay that's not happening so i think it's just a matter of can Hawaii kind of keep pace and keep this a game long enough to where Boise uh, is interested in continuing to score points and not maybe run the clock. So there might be a little bit of game flow risk here. But other than that, um, Boise makes for a really nice, affordable stack. Uh, Jalen Henderson at QB. And the guy I like who I talked about last week, and it didn't work out, but I still think he has the role where the upside and the floor is there uh, every week and he, a really nice price is George Halani again who I think is around 56 or 5700. um one of my favorite plays running back in the game earlier this year against Hawaii in kind of a, maybe a smaller role he had over a hundred all-purpose yards and three touchdowns um so right now he's kind of gained the majority shareholder role in that backfield so, um, look for him to get, you know, 18, 20 touches. And I think in a spot where he can do a lot of damage. And then, yeah, you know, it um, we talked about last week receivers, CT Thomas, Khalil Shakir for um, Boise, 4,900 and 5,400 apiece. There's a lot of value there. And then uh, Hightower is like the number one guy who. Uh, he's capable of the higher ceilings obviously that's why he has the price I think but still 6200 not a bad price for him Uh, he should probably be closer to I would say around 7000 for him because of what his ceiling can be in these types of games so um, yeah and on the other side with Hawaii so Cedric bird has been the clear number one all year and he's 6700 and he's priced appropriately Uh, but the guy that I think has been the most productive as of late who makes for a really nice value play is Jared Smart uh, he's at 5400, his last three games. 9 catches 106, seven catches 82 and then last week an 8123 line uh, 8 twenty three and one touch on line. So um, I think at receiver he makes one of the top price floor ceiling combo guys because um, there's gonna be plenty of game flow for passing here for them, but for, for sure. Um, and then same with Jason Matthew Sharsh at 5K in the Hawaii Rainbow. Warrior offense as well. Uh, they, the only thing you want to uh, be make note of too is they are playing two quarterbacks right now. They're kind of doing that whole rotation gimmick thing with, uh, oh I forget the guy's name, um, whatever. Does The point is, out on Hawaii, <laughs> out on Hawaii quarterbacks and they're rotating them, it's not going to go well uh, and then out, out on running backs there as well. Their running backs are, uh, they don't do enough, they're not involved enough in the offense to really Uh, be reliable anyway so out on running backs and quarterbacks for Hawaii let's go to the sixth game and first you know I I just want to before we get into Georgia LSU because we're heading to the last like midday game I just want to give a shout out to Rob Hunter because he's a big uh, Atlanta Georgia fan Um, he does a podcast stat lines matter check that out if you haven't Uh, they do really good work there and he might be a little upset because i don't think this is going to be a good afternoon for him and the georgia bulldogs uh as i've said before with this for dfs purposes out all together on the bulldogs maybe maybe even just with deandre swift he's a little banged up um and even at his price he really hasn't had just for fantasy purposes he's still still a great player but just for fantasy purposes has not had the weeks where he's really justifying his investment so and now with the shoulder uh, concerns I just maybe they lighten his workload a little bit maybe look to Harry and Jr a little bit more I, who knows but in general as well a little bit concerned about uh this game in general for the Bulldogs and being any anywhere near being able to cover the seven points so um you know my thoughts there I repeated them a couple of times so I'm not gonna keep pounding on the Bulldogs the Tigers it's pretty straightforward again fire away um and i think now you're seeing their prices comboed in a way where very difficult to uh, stack them with everyone at least with the top three with burrow chase and edwards hilaire uh but and so you ask the question is it is it worth it is chase worth it at 7800 right and uh well let's go over his last four games Okay. Listen to these numbers. Eight for 123, uh, six 141 line, eight 227 3 line, six 144 2, and then seven 197 2 last week. Those are his last four games. Now, that's excluding um, a game against one of the better secondaries that they played earlier in the season with Florida, where he had seven 127 and 2. So this is a guy who's getting. A floor, really a floor of 25-30 points. Um and I think this week as well, what be we, what will be a little bit more interesting with LSU is maybe if Georgia can make this game long enough, you know, are they gonna be continued to just scoring points? You know, like if they can maybe pull off like Bama did and just kind of keep pace a little bit, uh, then LSU maybe they you don't have that gameful risk that you normally have week to week. So, and even when they have had that game flow risk, these guys are pretty much putting up 500 yards of offense and 40 to 50 points on everybody. So, um, and within like three quarters. So, I I think you're fine there. Don't, I wouldn't worry too much about LSU and their offense. And feel free to invest away there. Uh, Not, not, uh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. So, uh, let's get on to the evening games. First one being the... I guess you can call it ACC championship game with Clemson minus 28 and a half over under 55 and a half. Uh, Clemson and Virginia, uh, what do you even want it? I, obviously, I think you know what I'm going to say here, we're out on Virginia, just don't, don't think about it. I, I want to, trust me, I want, I look at Terrell Janet at two I'm like, oh, this is good, they're going to be, you know, behind, they're going to pass, but that's the thing with these games, kind of like I talked about LSU and A and M last week. It just happens where they they get like choked out. They get down twenty eight nothing in the blink of an eye, and it's like it's over. They, they don't know what to do. They're, they don't even know they're, they're they're no longer interested. They just want to go home. And so yeah, I just worry about that here. You you wonder if you wonder if Virginia can even get to you know double-digit points. I mean, that, that's a risk, it seems like. So, um, yeah, for me, I'll be tempted to throw out Terrell Jana, but I think I'm going to uh, – I think Cooler Heads will prevail there. So, uh, pre- prevail there. So, uh, yeah, out there, Clemson, yeah, it, fire away. Not, not very obvious, no hesitation. Um, all those guys can have big games. Travis Etienne, obviously, is my favorite there just because, you know, he has the role. And then um, – it, behind him at running back, this could be a kind of a sneaky week for Lynn J. Dixon at 4,600, right? I think he had 12, something like 12 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown last week. So, yeah, I, I think this could definitely be a week where they get ahead and he's playing in the third quarter. Maybe He, he even plays some series in the second quarter. So, very talented backup running back. Um, nice price. So, something to consider there uh, if you're looking for a nice value at running back and let's get to the final game of the slate, final game of the board, the day everything last championship game, it is the small 10 championship Ohio State lane 16 and a half to Wisconsin over under a 56. Uh kind of like I talked about last week with Ohio State and Michigan, uh you can safely just uh kick Wisconsin out of the board and just kind of talk about last time when they played it, earlier this season you know Jonathan Taylor even him you know this great running game he had a 20 rush 52 yard line against this defense uh under three yards per carry so this is just again in this conference Ohio State it's men amongst boys when they go up against these teams um that loss as well it was a 38-7 loss uh earlier this year when they played at Ohio State so yeah we're out on Wisconsin and by the way, just you know, I know no one cares, but can can we just going back to OSU Michigan last week? I think it's safe to just stop using the term Don Brown defense. Can we just knock it off now? I mean, it's 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 enough. Okay, every, every time he goes up against anyone with the pulse, they just get blitzed. So ugh, it's, it's so obnoxious. I think it's I think it's in Gus's Johnson Joe Klatt's contract to, to say Don Brown like a half dozen times a, a telecast. So. It's, it's so exhausting. So anyway, let's let's move on. Everyone cares. cares. Um, all right, and OSU. Okay, it's kind of like the same thing as, as LSU. Yeah, go for it. I think the only thing you might want to ask is, what's the better stack? What's the safer stack? Like, if I had to pick one offense in this board, which one would I go with? Which one do I think I have a safer chance with of investing those steep prices? OSU or LSU? My choice would be LSU. Um, just because... I think the prices they may be better for OSU overall receiver. They are Olave and uh, KJ Hill have much more friendlier prices. I think this is such a um, a run-heavy offense, a run-first offense. Unlike last year, where um, once they start building a lead, people they build it with the run game, and then um, really their pass game is just kind of taking bigger shots um, to Olave a lot of times. And they're going to need game flow to really, I think, have value in the passing game more so than lsu where i think the upside is just higher with lsu which is why they have the higher prices so i mean i think if i'm going to invest say in you know jk dobbins versus jamar chase i think i would lean jamar chase um or hey ceh versus jk dobbins yeah that's a toss up. But uh, I, it, it's tough, but if if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, if if you're on that choice, I I would say LSU would be my pick. But it's close. Um So all right. Oh, and then the last thing I want to mention is uh kind of talk about those receivers in that $4,000 range, Garrett Wilson for Ohio State is carving out a nice role. They're looking to him down the field, taking some deep shots. He caught a big one against Michigan and is consistently um, in the offense over the last few weeks. And if you remember last year, towards the end of the season, a guy who was starting to carve out a little bit of a role as a deep threat and kind of each week was making more and more of an impact towards the end in the Michigan game and then in the Big Ten title game and then in their bowl game was Chris Olave. So um, I think Garrett Wilson is one of those guys right now who uh has a safe enough floor where he's gonna maybe get you one or two passes for sure and hey who knows maybe one of those turns into a deep ball for a touchdown um I, I like him in that range is one of those guys with the Jalen Virgils of the world um so yeah that was one thing I wanted to mention in that that's it that's it for the championship week special on DraftKings good luck to everyone playing I hope all this was beneficial and another car horn. You get another siren every week. You get to hear one. You know, congratulations on that. And uh, if you want to hear some really hot takes on the NFL and probably bad gambling picks, stick around. That pick segment coming up now. It is championship week. Conference championship week of college football. It's week fourteen in the NFL. It is the pick segment for the SRS pod. I'm, of course, always joined by the
1: doctor. Doctor, how are you feel? Feeling pretty good, Bob. At this point, that the, uh, the Jets and the Browns playoff pushes are pretty much done. Well, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get the NFL. Uh, I think uh, the Browns. Outside
0: chance maybe but uh, that was a tough one to drop there and, and I think for, for the Jets uh, we'll talk about the NFL a little bit later, but um, tough week for I think the Jets, maybe the Eagles a lot, lot of <laughs> a lot of teams that uh, I think that went down in flames last week so um, but we start every week in college and mercifully, we don't have to talk about the teams. Some of the teams that we talk about every week, which is, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, USC, Notre Dame. And most notably, I'm talking about uh, Michigan State, Michigan. We don't have to talk about them because their seasons are over until bowl season, It is because these are championship week with all the conference championship games. So we're just going to roll through um, the notable games. And I picked out the four of the power five conference games because let's face it uh, I don't really want to talk about the ACC championship game that has a line of 28 and a half with Clemson and Virginia so (laughs) uh, not much to talk about there it's pretty embarrassing but uh, the first one is a little Friday night action and uh, it starts out in Santa Clara at the 49ers stadium and in this Oregon minus six and a half to Utah What are your thoughts on the Pac-12 title game?
1: Well, disappointed that USC is not in this game. Uh, And I must note that, uh, because you've mentioned it many times in this podcast, that Helton will be the head coach there next year, despite some reports earlier (laughs) in the week. He's Uh, back! But but with that in mind, what's tough about this game is you kind of look at the schedules of both of these teams, and it's it's hard to find... um, good wins or look at them as they played great opponents you look at oregon um, they beat usc which is great and they played all of them pretty tough outside of that there's not a lot of great wins on there utah has like the 90th uh ranked strength of schedule and their best wins are washington and i guess arizona state i guess yeah. um but they and you look at that, and they did lose to USC, so I'm putting a lot of stock in that USC loss, and what I'm going with that is I think USC is a team that has, you know, higher caliber athletes and talent like in Oregon, and if you remember, Oregon exposed USC a few weeks ago, so I'm thinking Oregon has more talent on, on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, and this will be... Utah makes its living up front, I think, by dominating the game up front on both sides of the ball. But I think this will be you know, a big test for them in the most complete lines on both sides of the ball that they're going to see. So you know, Utah is used to you know, controlling the game defensively and having an efficient offense with Huntley and Moss. But I, I don't see them being able to control this one. I think Oregon's offense will be able to turn the tempo up there with... Herbert, who's been great this year, uh, hitting 68% passes, 31 TDs, only five picks, two of which came in the Arizona State game. So I I think with that tempo and the success of the the Oregon offense, it's going to put Utah in positions that that they don't play well from. You know, they're a bit like maybe, uh, you know, the Minnesota, the NFL, if you will. They make a living off dominating kind of bad teams. So I'm going Oregon, plus six and a half, and – I might even sneak in a, a money line play there if you're out there. Well, wait, whoa, whoa, Oregon's minus six and a half. Oh, sorry, sorry, did I say plus.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they that wait Oregon is minus six and a half. Aren't <laughs> they? They're the favorite. <laughs> did I, did I get this I, wrong? I think not got that <laughs> wrong, man.
1: No way. All right, hold on, hold on. Can you look that up real quick? Or no? Do you have? Access? Uh, yeah, I have it on my phone right now. Um, oh. uh Yeah, Utah's the favorite, bro. Oh. I saw you had that down wrong. I just thought you just wrote it wrong, but you knew. Oh, oh. Well, then in that case, Oregon's the lock of the whole day.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, cut that. You that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I, I probably looked at the line and just assumed it was Oregon. Um, <laughs> oh my, I, that, that's <laughs> that's shocking to me. Uh, so, because i look, I'll. I'll Kind of add on to what you were saying, though. Um, look, Utah is known for the defense. They're they're this, you know, third, uh, top ten defense in the country. They're third in yards per game, a rank. Now, Oregon, at the same time, they're 24th in the country um, against the run. The Utah first. Oregon's 10th. So I think this just comes down to, like, a battle of quarterbacks and what they'll be able to do in executing in the pass game, which you alluded to a little bit already. Um, in two of the three I would say competent offenses that Utah face, like you mentioned, USC, uh, they torched them 358 yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. That was mostly with Matt Fink, the USC's third string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other one was Jacob Eason, Washington, who I, I, I believe that Utah won the game, but Eason in the air for 316 and four touchdowns, two picks, but still, uh, was very effective offensively so i i kind of agree i think it just comes out of quarterback lane i had to pick that herbert is a top 10 pick in the nfl and he's he's been like you said he's been excellent the whole season so i'm on oregon plus uh six <laughs> and a half loser <laughs> total loser <laughs> and yeah I, so you said my line i was like well why would you do, yeah good 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 uh, advice for the money line. <laughs> Good job, Doctor. Yeah. 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 So sure, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Like you said, uh, in Oregon, because um, I, I was going to say later on that um, I had some. Oh, I, the next game. <laughs> Let's go to the Big Twelve title game. So, all right. So Oklahoma, uh, you agree with this? They are minus nine points. Is that correct? Uh, that,
1: that is that is confirmed.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, that is in um, Jerry Dome. And uh, you probably didn't hear this earlier yet, but, um, you know, any of you guys playing DFS out there, really go, go all in on this game right here. That's, the, that's what you want to do. That's the play for Saturday. Uh, so we have Got Baylor. It. We have, yeah, we have Baylor, uh, you know, getting nine points here. We talked about the Oklahoma defense all year. It's It's been a problem. They they did okay against uh, Gundy last week. Uh, you know, probably a little more of a product of the backup quarterback in there, just not being very effective. But whatever. Uh, did a good job last week, but still overall bad week to week against competent offenses. Baylor's been one of the more competent offenses, one of the better teams in that conference. Really um, bounced back really well after their loss a few weeks ago to Oklahoma in that kind of that devastating fashion. They beat Texas uh, pretty handily. they not a great team, but they still uh, beat them twenty-four to ten, and then um, just annihilated Kansas. So it wasn't like that loss. You know, had some. Uh, lasting effect on them where they kind of like went into a little shell. They've turned out a really nice season, a one-loss season um, under Matt Rule. So um, yeah, I'm all over Baylor plus nine. And before I realized Oregon was plus points and a minus points, I was going to say, this is the lock of Saturday. Period. Baylor in the points. So I'll let you
1: respond to that. So now it's the second lock of Saturday. <laughs> yes, the second it's lock. It's your second, second mortgage lock, not your first mortgage lock, your second <laughs> mortgage lock. So, you secondary. so I think some of this, this game here, I, I think a little bit of it depends on on Friday night. So if Oregon does get it done, I think Oklahoma goes in with the, with the attitude that they're playing for a playoff spot. Um, I, so I think they'll have some influence. I'm going to assume Oregon's going to win that game, even though they're plus points. <laughs> um, and, you know, you kind of laid out some of the some of the first game there, uh, you know, where's the tail of two halves, Baylor, Oklahoma the first time around, obviously Baylor dominated the first half and then Oklahoma dominated the second half. I, I see more of the, the second half of that game coming through uh, in the championship game here. In that second half, Oklahoma outscored them 24-0, they held Baylor to 69 yards, four first downs and forced three turnovers. Also, in that half, Oklahoma on the offensive side put up 368 yards, uh, and they even had two turnovers and still scored 24 points, and all without C.B. Lamb. So uh-huh. I, I see that coming coming through here. Um, you know, Hurts has been unreal this season. 3,340 passing yards, uh, 31 TDs, 6 picks, 1,200 yards on the ground, and 18 TDs. He's been great. Um, I think he'll do it for more than a half uh, this week, and he'll do it for the whole game. So I'm, I'm boomer sooner and maybe for a playoff spot. Okay.
0: Um, it's fair. I think uh, this game can get kind of – you know, Oklahoma can always get out of hand, so it's, it's, it's a fair point. Um, and before we move on to the next game, I just want to – forgot to mention records, too. I'm just a little off my game plan. What What's wrong with me? 3-3 um, three and three last week for me in college, 33-29-1 on the season. Doctor, 2-4 and four last week. 30, 32, and 1 for the year, so both kind of right uh, straddling that 500 mark as we head into, really this is the final week before we we might have to do a little uh, special bull episode, we'll see how that works out, but um, let's get to the next SEC championship game this Saturday uh, it is the LSU Tigers they are minus 7 to Georgia this is in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Falcons play. And uh, this is kind of the, uh, you know, the Mercedes-Benz of college football right now with this LSU offense. Um, I think, you tell me, you tell me if this is too much, doctor, okay? If I had to pick one thing in college football where I said, hey, th- this this defensive line, this running game, this whatever, I think LSU in, I would say specifically their collection of receivers and quarterback. This is the biggest competitive advantage in college football this season. I'm all over them minus seven points here
1: to Georgia. Uh, and uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. You know, this is an explosive LSU offense against a more you know methodical Georgia offense. And you know, for the dogs to win and or cover, uh, they need to control the ball, and you know need to force turnovers um, for LSU, which I, I don't see happening this one. The dogs' offense is a little beat up too. Uh, Swift has a shoulder injury, kind of uncertain to yep. even if he does, like how effective is he going to be? And then at the receiver position, Lawrence Cager is out, and George Pickens apparently got into a little uh, a little fight. With Georgia Tech, so he's he's out for the first half. So you have an offense that has been okay. Um, it's just not explosive, like. Right. And so you put those three guys kind of out or not at one hundred percent, and they're going to struggle to keep the ball away from LSU. So and then also LSU defensively, I think statistically they get beat up a little bit. Um, you know, in the first half they ranked tenth in the nation in scoring, only giving up eight point eight points per half there. Yeah. And the second half, they go at 14 points, which puts them at 74th. So there's a, you know, tail of two halves always these are just dominating teams. They're blowing them out. You can put the same logic to all their yardage statistics, too. So right. I think the defense is a little better. So banged up Georgia offense, a better than advertised LSU defense, doesn't go well for, for Georgia. And then, you know, Georgia on the other side of the ball, pretty good defensively, especially up front against the run. Uh, and the secondary is okay in, in containment, like statistically they're okay, but they don't force turnovers. They only have six picks on the season, one in the last seven games, and they don't get a whole lot of sacks. So, they've never seen a passing game like this with Joe Burrow, so I think he continues his highs and run. I, I like what you said about the big competitive advantage there. I think you're spot on. It's, it's go Tigers, uh, minus, minus seven. Coach O uh, is going to have a big moment on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. no one's stopped these guys yet, and I don't think anyone's stopping them now. So... That said, before we
0: head to this next one with the small ten championship, then um, LSU Ohio State, who you got if they match up? <laughs>
1: um, I think that's the matchup everyone wants to see, correct? Yeah, I one? think so. And I I'd, I'd probably go. Uh, you know, I haven't dug deep into it, but I'd say Ohio State off the cuff just because I think uh, in all three phases, all three phases of the game, it's been a, a little a little more impressive you might come back at me with, it's the small 10, they don't play anybody, but they have dominated them. And they've dominated some, yeah, you know, mid-tier opponents. Uh, so anyway, I'd go I'd go Ohio State. What about you? I think
0: I would just stick around of what I said with, I I don't, e- even when we see LSU LSU uh, mash up with, who we both agree, I think, like Auburn, Florida, Alabama, these are teams that match up with them athletically. They, they, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but when you have the the precision passing in, in a high-level quarterback play from Burrow with the athletes at receiver that they have and a dynamic runner like Clyde Edwards-Lair, I just don't think there's any stopping this thing. I, I just I don't think it, it's there. So um, I, I just I would lean on that all the time and think that that's ultimately going to win the day no matter who they play. Uh, but that's the matchup that I, I want to see. I think that's the matchup we all want to see. I, I, I think so. Um, So let's get to the Small Ten Championship Uh, in the Indy at Lucas Oil. And we have Ohio State. They are not plus 16. They are minus 16 and a half. They're playing Wisconsin. And uh, I'm not really going to get a whole lot into this. Um, I think it was confirmed last week this is the Small Ten. And that game against Michigan was over in the third quarter, maybe even before that. It was 42 to 16 so um, yeah I've I, I had nothing that I have seen to suggest that anything will go any differently here so I'm just going to say if I'm getting Ohio State minus anything less than like three scores against any Big Ten team I'm just going to do it so Ohio State
1: I'm, I'm with you on that uh, I've got a good buddy who listens who's a big Wisconsin fan he's not going to be happy about this but he knows the truth and you know, we, have to, we have to speak the truth. Wisconsin has no chance of winning the game, and they have yeah. a very small chance to cover. Um, they had a good they had a good season, but as you just alluded to, the uh, you know, last two weeks, uh, we talked about Ohio State and Penn State a little bit last week. Ohio State turned the ball over three times and still wasn't really a competitive game. And then Michigan played a you know, pretty good quarter and a half of football, and as you said, it was over definitely the third quarter. I said the league was over, you know, Late second quarter, it was it was done. Um So I, I just I don't see I don't see a narrative for Wisconsin here. Uh, there's not much more to say. It's, it's Ohio State by the sixteen and a half. Yeah, just so everyone you know, last time these
0: guys played earlier in the season, uh, it was in Ohio State, and it was a thirty-eight-seven victory for Ohio State. And going into halftime, it was relatively close, uh, I guess. And I think again, it's one of those situations where. Wisconsin was doing everything they could to, you know, make it uh, a game and keep themselves in it with a chance to win maybe late. But the whole thing just went it, it goes sideways. And also, I think an important thing to know from that game is Jonathan Taylor. The one thing Wisconsin does against almost everybody is run the ball. Jonathan Taylor twenty carries for fifty-two yards, under three yards a carry. I mean, when you just simply take that away, it's someone that that is their unequivocal strength right they do this against everybody and they just said nope not today that that's when you know uh you're in big trouble and this is a big mismatch so it it is it it is what it is Uh, small 10 so uh yeah let's get to the big boys on sunday it is nfl it is week 14 and we're gonna set the stage like we do every week with our records unfortunately um let's start with me i was uh two and three in the power five last week and it really it doesn't matter i, I made the guarantee last week i tried to give a little gimmicky and whether it's jason garrett doing these uh asinine field goals when he's down seven points with six minutes to go or david blau uh, doing just enough just enough because you, you knew they weren't winning the game on thanksgiving you knew they were winning but you knew as soon as they scored 14 points on the bat you thought well, Chicago, they struggle to get, to get to 20 against anybody. So, yeah, this is going to be uh, a dogfight. And, of course, they cover the four and a half to bring me to two and three, of course. Is it—is it too much, Doctor? Is it just too much that, too much to ask to go three and two? That's all I want to do. <laughs> that's, that's it's a hard. struggle. I mean, last week was a struggle for sure. <laughs> that's all I want to do. I just want to go three and two. I mean, it, it seems like it's, it's a tough ask at the moment. So, anyway, that brings me to 25. 39 and one in that category for the year uh very disappointed i was seven and nine overall last week bringing my overall record to 82 96 and two for the season and then uh, also doctor last week you were two and three you still straddling 500 uh was under 29 34 and two on the season for the power five uh would you like to make any complaints or anything about those games last week
1: no, you covered the one I wanted to, I wanted to touch on with. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then uh, you were
0: 6-10 and 10 last week, and your record still striking in for 586-92 on the season. So we got about uh, four weeks left to right the ship. Um, and look, I'm just going to say that from 2017-20, the last two seasons before this, I'm gonna bring this up now because I, I that's all I can do. I'm like, it's, it's, this has relegated me to Michigan football. I bring up the past and talk <laughs> about next year. That's all I can do. So uh, I was seven, sorry, 96, 73, and six over the last two years, which is around like 57%. So yeah, just I'm a Wolverine at this point. That's what, what I have to do. That's all I got. So Oh, and there's the siren. There's Weak the siren. siren.
1: Oh. The siren,
0: you know, down downtown, uh, you know, in my uh, rough neighborhood. So there it is, every week. <laughs> All right. Uh, overall trends in the NFL for ATS picks here. Last week, I don't know why we just don't do this, but um, favorites again after going, I think four in ten, or with the week before, I, I don't know, five and eleven last week. They are. 80, 110, and two overall on the year. Uh, Home road splits. Home teams last week were eight and eight, so even split there. But on the year, uh, home teams are 82, 105, and two. So just right there, if you just pick one of those, hey, I'm just going to take all road teams. I'm just going to take all dogs the whole year. You're sitting at around roughly a 58% clip. So... Uh, do we have to formulate a strategy around this for 2020? Do we have to get in the boardroom here?
1: <laughs> we do. We we'll have, we'll have to run <laughs> some models in the offseason season and, and uh, you know I identify some of these uh, turning points next year and know you know when to when to guess differently each week. <laughs> okay, exactly. Which way do we guess? That's exactly <laughs> right. So, uh, well, I, I I'd like to see anybody that had uh, Cincinnati, Washington, in Miami. Uh, winning games no. last week unless they've been doing it all year as a joke there's there's no way anybody no. those those three teams winning games
0: and I think uh you know you and I have kind of seen both sides of this to a certain degree and uh last week was one of those weeks where yeah it, it the season might have ended for a lot of people um <laughs> <laughs> their, their, their accounts I think are all dried up so uh, for, East week
1: east week as they call it got you yeah. to them
0: Yep, so uh, all right. Yep, season's over by Thanksgiving for the gamblers. All right, so um, home favorites last week, two and five. That's been another huge, just crazy uh, overall record, bringing them to 45, 75, and two on the season. And then home dogs last week, there were nine of them, they were six and three. They have a winning record now of 34 and 32 on the year. And then substantial favorites, which we consider by seven or greater. They were 2-2 two two last week, uh, bringing their record to um, twenty twenty eight on the year. And then we had two outright losses, which we uh, talked about. Philly was one of them, which was ridiculous. And then uh, uh, one of them got a coach fired, which was the Panthers. And uh, Ron Rivera, he is out of a job in Carolina after losing to Washington last week. So this week... 16 games. We're out of buys now. There are 10 home favorites. There's five home dogs. And there's one pick uh, As of right now, it's a pick. I, I kind of can't believe it. We're going to get to it. It's, it's the Lambs. But uh, any, anyway. Uh, so for our purposes, we uh, we exclude Thursday Night Football because uh, it's being played as we speak. And I hate it. So we're going to start off with an NFC self battle that everyone is waiting for. Um it is the aforementioned Panthers that have flared their coach and now Perry Fellwell has taken over as interim coach. He was Perry Perry, he was the defensive coordinator of the Giants 2012 Super Bowl winning team over the Patriots for the the second the second win over the Patriots. So um so we have the fives on the Panthers at Atlanta who is three and nine, Atlanta is minus three. I've talked a lot right there. I'll let you kind of start this one off.
1: Well, this is, uh, for me, it's like a mental state game and Carolina is obviously in a bad, bad mental state. Um, And I I think this, you can kind of mark this as that goal line stop by Green Bay um, started this complete disaster since then um they lost that game and three other ones so four game losing streak which includes blowout losses to this atlanta team and washington um in those four games the offense only averaged uh, 95 yards on the ground 4.1 yards per carry versus where they were at 133 yards per game and 5.1 yards per carry in the previous eight um also on the other side the run side of it um they were only giving up around 125 and 5 yards per carry, which isn't good. But in the last five, they've, they've, been, they've given up 146 yards per game and 5.9 yards per carry. So it's just gotten really bad for them. And throw in the fire and revolt Ron, as you mentioned. Um, I don't mind the move and the timing of it. I think it's pretty strategic. But I don't think the team is ready for it. So on the other side, you've got Atlanta, who accepted their fate of misery a long time ago. And has been building on it. So their mental state, although it was like rock bottom like six or seven weeks ago, they've been building on it and heading in a a, a little better direction. They've been in the yeah. acceptance stage, <laughs> accepted, accepted stage. stage, right? And Carolina has not gotten to the acceptance stage yet, so they're still still struggling mentally, and they're going to have another tough week. I I'm, can't believe I'm going to do this because I think I've been wrong on them <laughs> almost every week. I'm taking the Falcons minus the three okay uh yeah all the same so am i it's so ridiculous um but uh i
0: I just want to add too that as as many things i've done this year i really jumped on the panthers at the right time when they were in week eight headed to san Fran, and they were they were four and three And i was like you know what i'm really liking them plus five and a half and of course as you know they were blown out of the water there and they since that time they were four and three they're one and five and now they have four straight losses so because i did take them against green bay and i think pretty much uh every week so uh, i also want to mention um all right so ron rivera he's out next coach to be unemployed you have some choices who is okay. it? Is it is it the Falcons and dan quinn is it the cowboys jason garrett is it the chargers anthony lynn is it sean mcveigh or is it mark d'antonio
1: <laughs> <laughs> didn't you leave one uh off what about what about freddy freddy kitchen
0: no i uh, no. okay so i was gonna say what about I patricia was gonna, safe no i was my next question was, after you answered that i was gonna say okay patricia or kitchens
1: <laughs> <laughs> um you know what? it's not d'antonio that that I uh no I, I that don't. part is is clear um I don't think it's Quinn, right? Why wouldn't they have done it a long, a long time ago?
0: Um, I don't, I don't know that, that. Some people are not into in-season things, and they just they kind of don't do business that way. So I still don't think he will come back next year. But I
1: don't, I just, I don't know who will be first. Is all? Yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, other, and I'm going to go kitchens. Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> um, and let me ask you this: um, Is the Eagles? Doug Peterson in trouble at all? He, you can He can't be. He can't be. Okay. A terrible year. He has done a great job, uh, but there's there's no way. Only uh, really two years removed from the from Super Bowl end, Is that right? You, you, I, I would I wouldn't say it's a good move with as much turnover as you have in the NFL. I don't see that as a as a, okay. A, I'm, I'm, good. I'm, just, I'm just
0: saying like it's, it's a fair question. But like after that loss, it, it's kind of like this is this is a team the way they're constructed right now. They're playing for a Super Bowl, so uh, they're at, I think five and six. Like like they're they're
1: very far away from that. So um, they're no, one of the teams. Go ahead. I, the Bears right now are ahead of the Cowboys, um, who would then drop to six and seven. So. Who knows? The Eagles could still find their way as the NFC's champion and into the playoffs. It's It's, it's right. a It's a, possi- a good possibility right now, and, and that's also why I mentioned Jason Garrett is the second possibility, so, which I
0: think I think he's an off-season uh, casualty. But all right, uh, we both have we spent a lot of time <laughs> on this awesome game. Um, I, I agree with a lot of things you said, and uh, I'm doing the uh, doing Atlanta minus three. Another reason for that too is um, Perry. Farewell is the interim coach. Like I said, he mentions a big part of his pre game routine is hot yoga. And I just watched the Bikram Yoga documentary on Netflix. So are you aware of this? <laughs> no, what are you doing? <laughs> no, you're doing all of this? Absolutely not. All right, anyway, he's like, he's the guy who introduced what they now call hot yoga. It's really Bikram. Yoga. Okay. I mean, it's really, he was like the um, guy who brought this to America. And, well, let's just say uh, he's had some issues with uh, uh, internal things with females. So um, oh, he's, okay. he's no longer in the country. So I'm just going to go against the hot yoga
1: uh, oh, side okay. of this. And I, I'm, I'm
0: not anti-yoga
1: at all. I think it's great. I just would not be spending time watching a documentary. A... Oh, actually, I would highly recommend it. It's, Ooh, it's, all right, well. Oh, it's it's a it's
0: a cra- it's a great watch. This guy is totally uh, he's just flamboyant. I mean, whether you obviously he had some issues, but um, right. and, and, and well, you well. also
1: recommended pushing Tim to me at one point. All I I all right, we're off the rails. We're off the rails. All right, I have another recommendation coming up later. So, all right, let's go to. Oh, look forward to that.
0: <laughs> the second NFL game we head to Buffalo. Uh, they are plus five and a half. At home to uh, you know one of the best hottest teams in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. They're ten and two. Buffalo at nine and three. They are locked, pretty pretty much locked into the fifth seed in the AFC. And um, it's it's probably likely that the third seed, who they're going to face in a uh, wild card game, is going to be the Texans or KC. So I want to ask you this question, Doc. I was thinking about this today when I was looking at this and I said, all right, who's more likely to win a playoff game? Is it the Bills or is it the winner of the NFC East who we just talked about who will likely be, they, they, will, they will host a playoff game. Remember, they'll be at home because they won the division. It'll likely be against the Niners or the Vikings. Bills or the winner of the NFC East, which more likely to win a playoff
1: game in 2019? Uh, I'm gonna go with the NFC East winner in thinking they're gonna play the Vikings. That's okay. I think the best chance. I, I, I don't see the Bills um getting the Chiefs or the Texans. I I, I don't see that happening.
0: Okay. I, I think it's a I think it's a fair question. Would you <laughs> that yeah, it's yeah. a fun one? Yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know who I would do. I might lean on the Bills just because I think the Texans and KC are, are good, but I think they're very they're just very flawed. Um, and I, and I, I, I see, I guess I see the winner of that NC East, whoever it is. I guess I view definitely the 49ers is much better than any of those teams. And the Vikings yeah, are. Yeah, I'm,
1: a, I'm assuming a I'm assuming the Vikings matchup. That's all I'm going with there. Okay. All right. All right. So, so
0: that's fair. And it's all, it's, again, it's, it's kind of a leap and it's very speculative, but I thought it was a, a cute question to say the least. So um, look, uh, it's eight straight for Baltimore. Um, and I kind of my Patriots takeaway from last week where I kind of look at it and go, okay, are they going to finish like 14 and two? I mean, are, are they just going to win out and never lose a game again? I'm not so sure about that. And I think you might be a week where you catch them and you want to go against them. So I'm actually going to go Buffalo here, plus 5.5. I don't know if they win, but I think at least coming off another really tough matchup last week for Baltimore that um, Buffalo's on a long layoff from a Thanksgiving Day game. And uh, I I like the 5.5 points. we talked about the Buffalo uh, defense. Uh, They're in the top ten. And that Ravens run defense? Was really rough look last week against the 49ers. They allowed 146 yards on 19 carries to Raheem Moser, um, and the Bills are fifth in rushing.
1: So I, I'm i going to go Bills plus the five and a half. I'll let you respond You yeah, know, like your cute question, you're, you're getting too cute with your trying to make a cute pick here. Um, <laughs> look, there's a, there's a lot of hype around this you know, Baltimore offense against this tough Buffalo defense. But we just watched the Ravens play the Niners last weekend in the the pouring rain and the niners are are better statistically or as good statistically in almost all categories as um as buffalo and i felt like had that had that removed the rain i felt like lamar and england were gonna have have their way with san francisco um so I'm, i see that happening this week i see Baltimore being explosive as they are on offense and this buffalo d just not, not doing much. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, Buffalo relies heavily on the run. I know you gave one example of a of a bad game for, for Baltimore against uh, against the running of the Niners, but they're still the sixth best rush defense. Um, you know, Buffalo tries to run the ball forty percent of the time, which puts them um, fourth in the league in that split versus run versus pass. So they're really dependent on it. I think Baltimore is going to slow them down. Um, And, and, you know, Josh Allen's having a decent year, but in their three three losses have come against uh, New England, Cleveland, and Philadelphia. Um, All of those teams rank in the top ten in opponents' completion percentage. Um, Baltimore ranks third in there. So I I think he tends to struggle against teams that are able to defend the pass better. And also those three teams rank top 12 in sacks and interceptions. And while Baltimore is a little lower in sacks, um, they rank fourth in QB knockdowns and fifth interceptions. So I'll put all that together is you've got a team that can stop the Buffalo run game and a decent pass defense. I I don't think Buffalo's able to do anything offensively. And as I mentioned, I think Baltimore's offense will will get back to to being very productive again. So Baltimore minus five and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's it's fair. But Baltimore's been, you know, again, they're if not the uh, best team in the NFL, they're definitely in the top uh, three or four. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one. It's one of the better games on the board. Yeah. So let's head to a not so great game. That's in the state of Ohio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. By, not to mention this, yeah. We, not only not a great game. We get this twice in four weeks, buddy. Yes, that is true. <laughs> that, that is
0: true. <laughs> Uh, yep, twice in a month, um, Cleveland and Cincinnati. So Cleveland at five and seven, uh, coming off uh, just a loss. That, like you mentioned earlier, probably ruin any chance of them um, having their uh, second half uh, run. And I'm going to ask you a question about it later. Cincinnati, one and eleven, got their win, got their win, uh, got the monkey
1: off their back. Is Dalton? Is he back with all caps? The return of Big Red. Back. <laughs> back, so nah, I mean, he's 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 back on the field. He, we're not back. He's not back. They stink. So right. So with this,
0: we were kind of talking about last week and maybe the last couple of weeks. I was like, you know, hey, I think maybe the way the schedule's setting up and the Browns or sorry, the Browns, yeah, yeah, the Browns. They're kind of turning around a little bit offensively. Maybe the maybe the second half hype, maybe it it, it is real. Maybe this is when you got to start buying in. And with that loss last week, I think it's just kind of... It was not a great performance. So I want to ask a question. More unimpressive over the last week. Was it the Browns losing to Duck Hodges, Benny Snell, and James Washington? Is it Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown? Or is it the... Choices for the Democratic candidates in the presidential election.
1: It's the last one for sure. <laughs> I mean, you can't, uh, seriously, it is. I think that's All you have to do is put like a, a competent, likable individual out in front of people right now and, and you win, and they, they can't even do that. So it's, it's definitely the last one. <laughs> okay, it's probably, and, it's, and we had a long talk about Don Brown last week too. You know how I feel about that, But it's definitely last. Well, I know, and Harbaugh, this whole thing—it's—it's
0: it's, oh my god, it's—it's it's hysterical. It's so bad. Uh, yeah, no, I—I uh, I would actually say it's probably um, Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown, just because uh, it, it's just kind of over. It's kind of like we talk about with Antonio. It, it, no matter what happens in the future, they might stay there, leave—it doesn't matter it's over like you're never you're never getting to where you think you were going to get with these people as long as they're there uh so uh good luck with that uh and i just want to say too adding on to the um political part of it where i again we're not um i don't care but uh i mentioned to you in a message the show the loudest voice you can remember that uh yes so this is a Showtime show and it's about Roger Ailes and how he built Fox News. And I, I would just say, it, it, I just want to mention, you know, we're talking about the Bikram documentary on Netflix. I made a little recommendation here. I think regardless of your political views, uh, this show is so entertaining and phenomenal. And I, I will say, I'm not a big like Fox News person at all, but if you watch this, I think you have to at least be somewhat impressed with what this guy did in building this how he built this news network is fascinating in the way he did it and kind of it's, it's impressive and in the same uh kind of thread like i think facebook is the dumbest thing on the face of the earth and i did since day one but you can't deny its success so um yeah no I, I think uh if people are looking for something out there loudest voice showtime russell crowe as roger Ooh. ailes Russell, yeah, yeah, it's got a bunch of stars in it. I mean, it's, they went win, they win all out here, so it's uh, it's really good. It's really good. So, um, okay, uh, that said, Cleveland minus eight is my pick.
1: Who would you like to take in this yeah. game? Yeah, we are all over the place tonight. Um, yeah, Cleveland minus the eight. Uh, and the, the gist there is I expect Cleveland to win. Um, when they win, I said this before, when they win, they win big. Five of their six wins are greater, the margins are greater than eight points. So uh, that's that's the thought there yeah the hype is real again this week yeah <laughs> um, all right let's get to a, a, another <laughs> how many more documentaries how many more documentaries are you going to reference uh I, I, I might have maybe one up my sleeve here we'll nice. see how, we'll see all how right, it goes yeah, all right i
0: yeah. think actually we're going to start I, there's a point here where we're going to rifle through a few games because
1: there's nothing to say it might be this <laughs> there's, thing, quite <laughs> a, there's, there's quite a few yeah
0: it, it <laughs> might be this one um and that's why I have to add in stuff about documentaries. So, uh, Green Bay is minus 13 um, to the Washington Redskins, who had their nice, uh, big upset win over the Panthers last week. Washington is 3-9. and nine, Green Bay, 9-3. Um, you know, I, I took the Giants last week against Green Bay, kind of thinking, like, eh, you know, this defense a little rough. And I think it's probably um, not advisable. In, in, the game ended up 31-13. There was some really rough uh turnovers from danny dimes there and so you see that score 31 13 and that kind of sounds about right for what we're looking at here in this matchup so i think i'm just going to keep it simple and go green bay minus 13.
1: i think i know where you're going to go but i'll let you uh have your say yeah, I'm surprised to hear you to hear you say that because uh, you seem to go against Green Bay almost almost every week. I feel like you don't like AR twelve. Um, yeah, I don't like the team. To I don't like about, the team. Yeah, not much more to say about the game here. Uh, I'm I'm on Green Bay minus the thirteen. I will say this uh, update to one of your earlier questions: uh, Bears uh, twenty-four, Cowboy <laughs> seven. I might add. Uh, I might. Straight out freddie Kitchens to put jason garrett he might oh, like garrett Gar- Gar- <laughs> garrett's the old i didn't realize that wow 24 7 late third quarter Two trubisky <laughs> wow all right um <laughs> yeah
0: so look I'll, I'll just be honest like i'm I, I we're both on the same page here i'm having a hard time kind of talking myself into any of the larger dogs this week so um with that said, we were both on green by minus at 13, and that gets us to uh, a really nice game. Uh, one, maybe the two best games on the board. It is San Francisco at 10 and 2, headed to New Orleans, who is also 10 and 2, the Saints minus two and a half. And I want to ask you a question Are we still in agreement that the Super Bowl winner? is going to come out of the four teams that we uh, agreed on last week, which was the two teams in this game, and then New England or Baltimore. Are, are we in agreement on that? Them or the field? Those four teams are the field. And still on those four. Okay. Is, uh, are the other considerations, would it be like a Seattle or Kansas City?
1: Is that is that the next two? At the moment, I think that's I think that, that's right. I think the Texans are playing their way into the you know, Kansas cool. City type discussion. Um, and then, you know, don't don't sleep on the pack. I said they're going to play in the, the NFC Championship game. I, I still stand by that. So don't go sleep don't, on that. Don't don't worry. I have that recorded. Don't
0: worry. Okay. Good. Sorry. All right, so, yeah, look, this is a fantastic game. I think we, uh, we both, as just fans, I think you just like this game if you're a football fan. Um, tons on the line, home field, tons of NFC West implications. The uh, Saints have already locked up their division but still have to uh, play for home field. I'll just say that uh, I think there is a lot of injuries at linebacker for the Saints. They, they signed Manti Teo this week who hasn't played this season in the NFL. It could be down three starting linebackers. So um, San Francisco, they are a great run and play action team. I'm going to take the two and a half points, but I don't think there's a strong angle either way. This
1: is just a very nice matchup, and I'm going to take two and a half points. I'll let you go. Yeah, you. Um, good point on the, on the run game. I'll get to that in a second. The one thing I found interesting when I started looking at this game, New Orleans hasn't faced or beaten the team with a winning record since week four when they beat dallas 12 to 10. uh yes they no dallas longer has a winning was, record it was it was six and six so kind of yeah. winning team in quotations uh on their way to six and seven so will not have uh, a winning record after anyway so first first kind of big test for, for new orleans in a while um yeah. i just thought that was pretty interesting that they came up i didn't realize that um so, on the run game, you're right. So, San Francisco is 51% uh, of their plays are run, which puts them second in the league. And they're going against uh, New Orleans run defense, which is third. Um, that assumes you know a healthier lineback core, linebacking core than, than you're leading to. But I, I still expect collectively that run defense to pre- be pretty good and slow down the San Francisco run to make them pass more. So, I'm going to throw out the loss to Baltimore last week. It's a rain game, so they're able to they end up running the ball more. But in the loss to Seattle and in the close games to Arizona, of both of them, yeah. there were two, three times this year where the run to pass ratio got really out of whack for San Francisco, really lopsided, almost like 64 the other way, and it just showed their offense was not as effective, um, and they and they struggled in those games. So I think New Orleans, I see New Orleans putting them in, in that position again and, and making Jimmy G struggle a little bit, having interceptions uh yeah, he's done it a few times this year um on the other side of all was b is great um but you know breeze is breeze he's done pretty good since his return he doesn't turn the ball over very much so i'm gonna lay the two and a half i'm with you i think you can make an argument either way it's gonna be a good one to watch but i'll go with the saints okay do you um do we trust jimmy g right now in these type of spots i mean what, what, how, do, I, how do you feel? no i no, that's kind of my point i think he He's more than a game uh, game manager. Uh, he's better than that. But when he but, does have to, but he's more. He's intervene. close. He's more. He's more Kirk than he is Brees. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> that's that's a good way. That's a good way to simplify it. Yep.
0: Uh, no, I know. I'm, I I'm asking the question because I I I, I question it. I don't know. Like I, I that Seattle game was kind of eye opening to me, and I think a good team, especially like like a New Orleans team, I do wonder like am I going to watch this game and in the second quarter are going to go, they're just in trouble because they're going after this dude super hard and that's their game plan and he
1: isn't ready for that so uh, yeah it, it, it'll be De- I, Dallas is unraveling right before our eyes just a drop pass <laughs> where the defensive player just chuck some water at someone appeared I mean they are <laughs> oh man it, it, there's, there's gonna
0: be nothing oh, man. better there's gonna be nothing better than a Jerry Jones postgame
1: press. Uh, this is more interesting than the picks than the <laughs> we have coming up some of these games suck it is fourth and four with two minutes to go the third Uh, Sorry, two minutes to go in the third, and they're down 24-7. They're at midfield. Garrett is going to wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. (laughs) And they have to go for it. They have to go for it at midfield in Chicago on fourth and four in the third quarter because they're down by three possessions. They got it. That's embarrassing. They have to do it. It's the right move, but it's embarrassing to say a lot. They got it because they're a great team. All right. Um, and uh, we got it. Good for them. Okay. Keep them moving. Wow. We are only. Uh, well, okay. That's all right. We're left.
0: It's all good. Let's get to the, the game that everyone's been waiting for. An AFC East battle for Show dead out. last. For dead last in the AFC East, we have the Miami Dolphins pulled the big upset last week. Three and nine going 2 the Meadowlands take on the Jets at four and eight. Uh, the Jets are minus five and
1: a half here. I'll let you kind of take this one. Yeah, well, what, what you're missing here, the bigger um, bigger impact of this game is if the Dolphins win, they would bring the all-time series to 54-54-1. That includes playoff games between the Jets and Miami. That's a lot of pressure for a team. Um, I don't think the Finns can um, play with that kind of pressure, so I'm going with the Jets minus five and a half. Too much pressure to get the all-time series to even off. That wasn't funny. That wasn't funny at all. I mean, It's ridiculous. There's nothing to talk about in this game. I'm pissed the Jets' playoff hope that Darnold Promise went down last week, but I'm still taking the Jets minus five and a half.
0: I think you were not the only one, though. I think that was, like, one of the the hotter plays. Now, we're going to have another hot play coming up here later that I can't wait to get to. But uh, I, here's what I'll say with this. I, I kind of look at this game, and you're right. There's nothing to really say, uh, but I will make one comment that the Jets are now leading the NFL with 15 players that have gone on IR and that make up one-third of their salary cap. And now... They're adding to that maybe not an IR, but now probably out for this week at least is probably their best player, Jamal Adams, their stud safety. Um, Le'Veon been unaffected. Uh, there's been weird things to talk about with him and Gase isn't on there. So look, Fitzmagic magic to Devontae Parker was basically Montana Rice last week when I had uh, the Eagles minus nine and a half. So um, I'm not going to down anymore. I'm, I'm going. I'm gonna, that's my angle. Miami plus five and a half is my pick. Uh, would you have something to say there or no? No.
1: Oh, okay, that's something what I need to say about that game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> let's get to a game I know you have a big opinion on. It's um, the Colts traveling to Florida in Tampa Bay. They're taking on Crab Legs. Tampa Bay minus three points. Records for Tampa is five and seven. Colts. Are still in the thick of things in the AFC wild card race at six and six, even though uh, they're in somewhat of a free fall. Uh, I guess one and four in their last five. Start out five and two. They're now six and six. Like I mentioned, um,
1: wh- where are you at in this matchup here? Yeah, I'd call it a complete free fall, not somewhat of one. I mean, it's been a complete disaster. They haven't recovered from that injury, and Benatari continues to make headlines for for all the wrong reasons. Uh, The Colts are in disarray. Uh, Meanwhile, Crab Legs continues to do what he does, turning the ball over, but also throwing for a bunch of yards. He ranks fourth in passing and scoring a bunch of points. Tampa Bay ranks fourth in points per game. Um, You throw in uh, Tampa Bay's uh, second-ranked run defense, which will force Indy to have to pass a little more. I don't see that going well for Indy based on the past few weeks. Um, yeah. Give me them crab legs. I'm, I'm in all the way. I'm going to eat that W. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: And I, I, you know what? I, I looked at this game forever, and I was like, I, I need a reason. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go crab legs as well. Uh, like you said, there might be they might not even have a kicker on the Colts team anymore with Terry Um and last week in that game, you know, they're kind of already in a tough, like, losing streak where they're kind of the season's getting away from them. They were up 17-7 in that game in the third quarter. And Tennessee finished on a 24-dick run right. over the final 25 minutes. I mean, that, something's wrong. Like, that. Well, yeah,
1: the block kick in the house, too. I mean, just bad.
0: Right. And, and again, I think no T.Y. again this week. I, I'm not, I, they don't... See him coming back, so um, he's obviously a huge factor. So I am on the Bucks minus three point. Get me on the right side of one of these freaking crab leg games. All right, you uh, might you
1: might hear about crab legs a, a little later in the power five. Mm. Oh my goodness! I can't <laughs> know that. That's hot. All right, let's get let's
0: get to um, Denver. The Denver Broncos team that you think is really uh, good—they're four and eight. They're they're playing. uh, They're at Houston, who's eight and four. They had the win on Sunday night over the Pats, and they're laying a big number now—nine and a half. Um, And I'll just look. I'll say this: I'm on Houston minus nine and a half, and I think at this point in the year, I'm kind of—I don't care about the number if I think this team is going to win. Unless it's ridiculous, uh, yeah, 27-17, uh, Houston. Is that ridiculous? No, I'm just taking Houston
1: by a half. Do I? Is it crazy for me to just not care about the number? Well, no, I think that's fine. This one, I mean, there's, you know, who's going to win the game, and um, you know, you don't need to do a whole bunch of analysis to see if it's going to be seven or ten. You feel pretty confident, Houston, need you roll with them. I just, I'm disappointed that you're not thinking that you know, lock to sure. Sutton is the next Montana to Rice. You mentioned Ben Taylor right a minute <laughs> ago. You're not seeing that with these two? Yeah. The next way to uh, Rod Smith, maybe? Yeah. No, I'm, I, I actually think uh, I'm kind of the same. I'm on the same page with Houston, uh, minus 9.5, and, 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 and basically for the same reasons. Look, Houston playing really well on, on both sides of the ball. Um, they went over the Pats last week. Um, they're pretty balanced in offense uh, as far as, you know, kind of run the pass ratio. Oh, yeah. have success on both sides of it, and so that'll, you know, offset what Denver is good at statistically is, is past B so that'll offset some of that. And, um, I think Houston's, um, ramping up in the, in the right direction. Uh, I think 27-17 seems pretty reasonable. Houston minus 9.5. All right. Deshaun or Brady? Uh, it's Brady. <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions. <laughs> okay all right all right all right uh speaking it's Brady it's Brady until (laughs) Brady tells you it's not Brady just be very clear on that I like
0: how all these people have earned the right to like say when they're done all right anyway I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna expand on that comment but uh all right Um, speaking uh, of not not being able what
1: what do you what do you mean what do you mean by that
0: yes he gets to say when they're done no I there's other people that we talked about in the past it's like well he gets to, like, I'll just say it, like, you know, Dan's telling you, it's like, well, he gets to decide. side. Like, no,
1: the difference is this. The Patriots are still 10-2. Like, what is he I doing know, wrong? He doing not do anything wrong.
0: I, look, I, 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 I know. I know. It's just, it's enough. I It's enough. All right. Um, Harbaugh or, all right, never mind. Um, speaking of favorites that I can't really talk about. Trubisky throwing into four people. Carving. <laughs> Carving. Oh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, you're you're fine. I, I already made a mistake. I was saying speaking of Speed of underdogs, I can't talk myself into. Uh, we have the last one PM game. It is the Lions at three and one at Minnesota uh, at eight and four. Minnesota's minus thirteen, and I think my Vikings narrative is back. All caps. So to lay this out, I just kind of talked about. All they do is beat up on bad teams, and I thought it could be maybe a turning point because they beat. We use the we use the team Dallas from somewhere so earlier. Oh, they beat Dallas, right? But guess what? They, at that point in time, Dallas is no longer a winning record. So now, all
1: <laughs> Tabisky just ran twenty-two yards for a touchdown on Dallas. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> so this is perfect. This is perfect. This is, this is perfect. So, so now
0: that leaves the Vikings' losses right this year. I think they actually have one really bad loss to a losing, but their their other losses are to Green Bay, a winning record, Kansas City without the Mahomes, but also has a winning record, and now Seattle, where they kind of uh, they didn't they played a good first half and then kind of got pumped. So, um, yeah, I think. I think the narrative is back. They beat up on bad teams. They can't really beat anybody when it matters. So, um, yeah, they're going to throttle the Lions here. It's probably going to be David Blau again.
1: It is uh, Vikings minus thirteen. Go ahead. Yeah, and back to that Seattle game. With, with that was like Cousins like he played. He played okay. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't a right. bad Cousins game. He wasn't right. terrible and that's the same thing that like cds would do in a game like that check down staff for people that don't know like he would just play okay but it never does enough to like win a game like that when when you need him to do something special against a against a team to make a statement he doesn't get it done so same thing with cousins last week it wasn't terrible but it was just it's just cousins because cousins. Anyway, does, it does, yeah. does just enough to, to lose yeah right anyway uh Yes, it's Minnesota minus thirteen. Look, they, they, Minnesota won by twelve uh, in Detroit when CDS was playing. So there's no reason to believe that they can't repeat that performance. It's not like Detroit's defense has got any better. Um, Vikings roll. You're going to be hearing a lot of that galala horn or whatever it is called. Just yeah. a lot of <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just so much, so much of it. Minnesota minus thirteen yeah yeah all right let's get out of the
0: one o'clock and head to the afternoon 4 p.m we start out here uh with a real barn burner in jacksonville the four and eight chargers headed to the four and eight jacksonville jaguars chargers minus three what a vintage charger performance that was last week at denver and um, every week it's the, no i know it's, it's the, it was vintage it was like all right we're playing drew lock right and we, and by the way the Chargers had a lot of injuries to begin the year on defense, and they got a lot of these guys back. Uh, Derwin James last week uh, with their stud safety, so it's like, all right, here we go. We got, we got the, we're at full strength. You know, no, immediately down fourteen to three or fourteen nothing to Drew Lock, and then of course it's his ugly, you know, defensive game late in the game. Uh, they, they, they make this, you know, fake it, deep. Phil Rivers might, him and Stafford are are mirror images. Uh, This fake comeback where they tie it up and get this ridiculous fourth down after they had like three or two false starts on fourth down. Um, It it was so crazy. Anyway, Anyway, tie it up, right? Okay, we're back. We're headed to overtime. And then just the most asinine pass. It wasn't a bad call. It was a ridiculous play by this guy, to made a terrible, terrible play. Uh, pass interference. Drew Lodge just throws it out. You know, you can tell what they're doing. And they get the call, hit the field goal, game time. Unbelievable. Good night. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's been, it was Bidges Chargers football. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it really it, it really was. And then, you know, meanwhile, I think I think you know, we saw the Jags. I think they pretty much quit uh, against crab legs they got down like i don't know 20 25 to 3 with some ridiculous score uh after that whole tom coughlin routine coming out and talking about we need you guys and all this, and it was just it was bad and they they also um next question for you doctor is uh is garner back or is he back
1: he this week he's back, all back. <laughs> <laughs> back. I'm, okay i'm i'm riding i'm riding into back Look, they a four-game losing streak. And part of that was because they were trying to work with back in. Uh, you know, Minch was pretty good. Um, when he was, you know, when he was the guy there, it was 14 TDs, only five picks. It was pretty good numbers. He had about four net and settled in the league in rush yards despite the kind of last four weeks, which has been tough with them working Pauls back in. And Minch stood in, DJ Shark has a, has a great ring to it So, um, I, I just Look, I think the Chargers are going to find Another way to lose this week, we're going to be laughing about Another way they find to lose, be, it'll be Very um, be, be good stuff I mean, Rivers is still really turnover prone 15 picks, second most 2 our point crab legs, so I see some value here in, in Jacksonville Actually, <laughs> you can believe that <laughs> Moneyline play With the Jags
0: Sure, okay Cause uh, Plus
1: points, Bob, because they're plus points
0: yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I do uh, – it does make you wonder kind of from a coaching standpoint. I know there's a business side of this stuff where, like, they invested this, all this money in fools and they kind of got to figure out what they got with him and, you know, what they want to do. But it, after how he looked in, like, his little stretch of play, it's like, did you guys really need to go back to him? Like, like they were at least they – were, they were very competitive and, you know – they were in the mix still with Minshew. I, it was just weird. So yeah, it looks like, a, yeah, I, I agree that uh, it's definitely the right move to go back then, which I'm glad I did, uh, but that said, I don't know if you can hear what I'm hearing in the background right now, but there's all kinds of weird music going on outside. Oh, i there's some weird yeah. carol carolers or something. I, I <laughs> It's a disaster over here. Oh my god! All right, so what a night for you, Brian. This is a great night. I know. I, I'm, I'm really, in, I'm really uh, in the in the spirit of the season. So, um, oh my god! I all right. The um, Chargers. I'm taking minus the three points. I think this is a classic uh, late season meaningless win for them. And uh, this music in the background is killing me. So. Let's so, go,
1: so Bob. Yeah, let's go to the next game. I'm going to kick this off here. Tennessee, so, Oakland. Tennessee oh yeah, kick minus it off. Two and a half. Look, are your Raiders still getting to seven? They got Tennessee this week, then they got Jacksonville, the Chargers, and Denver. And you may say those were locks, but after watching the last two weeks, are you are you sure? Yeah. Oh yeah. I I, I think that's okay. a pretty still a pretty soft schedule. What do you agree? Uh, I i consider the jets to be soft it didn't go too well there it's very soft i'm, I'm saying they're just they look like shit. i so they were at home for like a
0: month and they had to go on the road a couple times and we brought the oh. kansas city hey listen we brought the kansas city uh car Kansas city sets last week and it just played out to a T. I tee i mean I, I don't know where it is but this dude cannot play there he plays terrible there uh plays bad in the cold weather And that's why they're at home this week back in Oakland, you know, where uh, like I was talking about last week, the Jets were one of those like that was the hot team. That was the hot pick. And there might be no higher team, you know, outside of the the best teams like the Ravens than the Titans right now.
1: Um, So five five of the last six, three in a row averaging 29.7 points per game in, from Week 7 to Week 13, second in the NFL, only to the Ravens. Okay, so question for you. Right now, Pittsburgh for
0: the playoff wild card tiebreaker, which obviously Buffalo is, I think, pretty much locked in, and the AFC's fifth. I think we can agree on that. So the next one would be the 7-5 Titans and the 7-5 Steelers. Pittsburgh has the tiebreaker right now, which is the best win percentage in conference game. Pittsburgh is six and three, Tennessee five and four. So still very close. The final schedules for these two teams with Tennessee, they are at Oakland this week. They have two against the Texans in that division, which is gonna be very pivotal, and then versus the Saints at home. Not, not very easy. Pittsburgh at Zona this week versus the Bills at home at the Jets and then at Baltimore. So not maybe a little bit
1: easier. Who makes the playoffs? Uh, the Steelers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna look, the Steelers will get the game in a little bit. There's not much to say in that game either. But assuming the Steelers win this week, then they got the Bills at home and the Jets, as you mentioned. So they're going to get... Well, I see them going two and two, more likely than I see uh, Titans going two and two. I'm assuming the Titans are going to beat the Raiders this week because the Raiders stink, um, but I, I, they get, they're not going to beat the Texans or the Saints. So, okay, I'm going okay Pittsburgh in that scenario. All right, well, I, I think I think it's a it's a valid question.
0: I think I'd probably lean the same way, um, but I don't think there's any discount here now that the Titans are red hot. The only problem is is they're going against the My Raiders who have had back to back blowouts on the road. Thirty and, right. And they're but they, but they are four and one at home this year in the black hole. And I haven't I haven't really taken many dogs this week, but this is a dog I can believe in. I think kinda of like I think the Titans are last week's I think they're this week's versions of
1: the Jets. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I we've, been, we've been saying that quite a bit about the Titans. Like it's, it feels like it's been a few weeks where they've been in a hot, a oh, that's hot right. pick, I guess. It's been five of the six. But yeah. It's got to come to an end at some point, Doctor. does It does it? Doesn't? You not tell me. Average te- yeah, not against average teams. I mean, it will when they go play the Texans, but not this week. Not here. Not right now. Look, <laughs> man, well, the, the Raiders are scoring margin. Negative 87. Fourth worst ever for a team with a winning record this late in the season. I and mean, they're, they're a disaster. You, said you text the, I sent you a text message. we about your Raiders at halftime of the Jets game. And you said they're fine. And they yeah, have, a, said, the Raiders are fine. They're not fine. And they're not going to get fine this week. Tannehill look. stays hot. Tennessee minus two and a half. Your boys are going to struggle to get to seven. But look, they, they win or they get blown out?
0: That's what they do. So uh, Tennessee's not blowing anyone out. They're winning this game. They're my Raiders. Uh, they get to 7 this week. Let's go to the next 4 p.m. game. Game of the week. Outside of probably San Francisco, New Orleans. We have KC going to New England. New England coming off that SNF loss. They are 10-2. Um, all kinds of home field implications now for this game. Uh, Kansas City 8 and 4. It looks like they're back on track, fully healthy. As you mentioned, blowing out my Raiders last week, uh, as they always do at home. And I'll let you go here. I got I where you're going to come out. I'd probably come out the same
1: way, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even though it's a, it's a big game, uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. And uh, uh, you could go through a lot of stats here and analysis, and because it's a bigger game, most people think you ought to do that. There's still no need. It's still, still New England. They're in Foxborough. Um, you're not betting against them. The percentages over years will tell you not to. Don't do it. Uh, New England minus three. It's that simple. Yeah, and I think what I talked about last week,
0: kind of the setup was, like, I think the Patriots, they're they're due to, they're going to lose at one point, right? They're, they've been started a little bit. Uh, I don't I think, I, yeah, are you kind of, like, Taking acute a guesses is when it's going to be. Sure, I think that's fair, but um, they got that out of their system, and that's what they needed. And I think they're going to—you're going to see this shift, in this you know power run game like you saw last year in, in December in the cold weather outside, especially against this weaker Kansas City defense that uh, is flawed in that way. So I think it's a perfect setup for the Pats. They're not going to lose twice in a row. I'm definitely in the Pats minus three. We're in agreement. And also, I think it's past secondary, they can at least, not take away anything, but they can somewhat slow down the attack that the Chiefs have. Um, because that, they don't really run the ball that much. They really, this is a big pass-heavy offense with Mahomes. So, um, I like New England here as well, minus three. Uh, we're in agreement, and let's get to the desert. It's, right. it's, it's the last 4 p.m. game. And we have Pittsburgh, the team we mentioned, before, competing for the last AFC wildcard spot. They're at 7 and 5. Took down the Bronze last week in a little revenge game. And they're going to the Cardinals in the desert, who is 3 8 and 1. Pittsburgh minus 2.5. Doctor, how you feeling about Duck
1: Hodges and Benny Snow? Yeah, I, I want to. You know, we love the desert and we love to talk about teams going out there and just having it not go their way and somehow just, just always seem to struggle out there but i don't see that with pit this week um, they're fighting for a playoff spot they they have been since their rough start and, and every week um they seem to just keep showing up and they've won five of their last six um, you know some against Weaker talent, but some against some, In, you know, maybe over talent where you might put.
0: This is a weaker
1: tech? This is a weaker team? Yeah, <laughs> like the, 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 maybe the higher part of the weaker tier. Um, but I, I I see them going out there and continuing the, the playoff push. So I'm, I'm I'm Steelers minus two and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm all over this at two and a half with the Steelers. And this is kind of one where I look at it and go, is anyone actually, is there a football case you can make? And this is why it's kind of scary because it is the desert. And I go, does anyone look at this and go, gee, you know, I like Arizona in the 198 yards of offense they had last week against, <laughs> against the Rams um, in the 13 first downs against, again, that was against the Rams D who was a good, but Pittsburgh in every single kind of metric you want to measure, they're uh, head and shoulders better They're a top five defense in this league. So, um, they, they've been excellent. They're fifth in yards, sixth in scoring defense. They're first in takeaways. Uh, so, a-
1: have you heard the phrase, a defense travels, Doctor? I think yeah, I, I heard that once on here before. I think you mentioned that one, just one week. Yeah. And maybe du- <laughs> ducks fly together. Ducks? Did you hear that? Ducks. Oh, <laughs> good for you. i D- 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 loser. I
0: love D- D- it. Total loser. Uh, so, yeah, like, I, I think it's scary that it's too, like, like I really do, i, I I like it too much. So, but I, I I have no other choice. I'm going to, I'm going Pittsburgh minus two and a half to, uh, get it done there. So let's head to S and F. And we have, uh, the Kings of late night. We talked about this last week again in prime time, Seattle Seahawks traveling to the LA. I think there's some of the lambs, but I guess we're going to go, um, call them the Rams right now. It's a pick. Doctor, does
1: this what what do you make of this? It it is interesting that it's that's only a pick. You might have thought um, you know, based on everything that's happened this year that Seattle would, would be a favorite. So the line's a, uh, a little different than I would have expected. I'm not gonna let it influence my my pick here. Um, you know, look, the, the Rams came through for me last week. I, I said they were in a desperation moment. They were. They, they came through in a big way. Um, and it looks like they may have turned a corner, but unfortunately for them, they run into Petey and Russ in a primetime stage. Um, and we know how they how they operate on that stage. They took down Minnesota last week. Um, since yep. 2010, let me you know the numbers, I think I said them a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they're 29, 5, and 1 under PD in primetime games. Now, do you know where, uh, you know, do, you, do you have any idea why they're so good in primetime games Uh PD? I, because of Russell Wilson, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I you might say that just because they're bad in their teeth. but PD would attribute attributed it to this. When they were uh, when he was at USC, oh, no. oh, they were going to play Notre Dame. They were going to play Notre Dame for the first time, and he said and he's he's quoted this like in a number of stories, I think in his book and all over the place. He bought into the hype. He talked the game up and the rivalry and the history. They went down to the Grotto, and they ended up getting just crushed. And he said, oh, I, I did, hear, a, I did hear this, was, I did hear this, yeah." And he said it was such a misuse of time and energy and focus. That from that point forward, he was going to hammer to all of his teams, um, you know, every game is the same game, and, and every week is the same week. Uh, and above and beyond that, he also has broadened it out to, I want to be consistent year after year, uh, and competing for championships. He talks about it's great to win one, but he'd you know, rather be consistent and compete over 10 than like win one and suffer five years. Anyway, it's philosophy. I, I think it's, it's obviously, statistically, it's proven out. Um, I love Petey. I'm buying into it, and I'm buying into uh, Seattle a pick here. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I, I have picked
0: against Seattle at every pivotal moment, I think, this season. It, it's mostly because I. It, it really is outside of a sound running game and Russell Wilson. There isn't a lot there. Um, I, 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 I mean, I don't want to take anything away from, like, you know, Kyle Lockett and I think DK Metcalf has been a nice find uh, as the their rookie receiver out of uh, Ole Miss there. But I, I just, I don't know. I I look at the roster and go just like, I don't know, is
1: this is this is like a really like... Oh, well, Lockett. Lockett didn't have a catch last week in the game. And I know that. Yes. Nobody nobody cares, but I was up 0.5 in the fantasy game playing against Lockett and he didn't make a catch so but, uh, Anyway, my point is, you know they may not have a big names there, but they find ways to to continue no, the job. I, I know I don't, but I think fig- I
0: figured it out. But I figured it out. Oh, because this this is what really this can alter the complexion of any team, regardless of the talent level. Their turnover differential is plus 10. their They're for fourth in takeaways. That battle, in general. That turnover battle, can it can alter games in a drastic way. Uh, and it can alter, certainly over the course of seasons, it can alter teams, you know, are, how good are they? Uh, they're 10-2. They're and two. And so I kind of look at it and go, hey, is this going to be a team that is 13 and 13-2 headed in their last game against San Francisco, what is likely going to be 4 the division maybe home field in the NFC playoffs and it's kind of like the law of average I used with the Patriots last week I'm kind of not using it with Baltimore this week I have to think at some point they're just going to drop one they've, they've been in so many close games I wouldn't say last week was one of them but they've been in so many either or games I'm gonna like eventually they're just going to drop one of these they, they have to and I think with the division rival uh, with, with the Lambs earlier in the season They played on TNF. It was a one-point game. And that offense put up, uh, the Lambs, that is, they were still the Lambs a little bit, put up almost 500 yards against them uh, in that game in the rainforest. So um, I can't believe I'm doing it again. I don't know
1: why because I lose every (laughs) time. I am picking uh, the Rams. Here. I knew there was a reason why you called them the Rams this week and not the Lambs. I knew why, that's why you were doing that because you were going to take them. Right. I am picking uh, the Lambs uh,
0: uh, to, to get this done here, uh, but I, I still don't like their long-term outlook. So, um, yeah, it kind, kind of a but it's a... I think overall, I you probably agree,
1: nice Sunday night game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and equally, the, the Monday night game is just going to be a fabulous one. Yeah, let's get to a not-so great... great
0: um, Okay, Monday Night Football, Philly minus nine and a half against the Giants, NSE East
1: battle. Eli is back, all caps, or no? Yes. Oh, hell yeah, he's back. Do you know, do you know when Eli's last NFL win was, Bob? I, I, no, I don't. It'll I don't. be one year ago to the date on Monday. Was, was it, against- I, it was against... I think it was against Washington or something like that. So on December 9th, 2018 was his last win. He'll be playing December 9th. He's going to get another one. Oh, that's... we got a great opportunity here, Bob, to, to ride Eli for one magic <laughs> turn back the clock Monday night game. And he's got, this could be the first game where Tate, Ingram, Shepard, and your boy Saquon are all in the lineup. What a moment it could be for the Giants. I'm taking Eli. And I'm taking that crew. Plus nine and a half, especially because Philadelphia's the absolute... Embarrassment for letting Fitzmagic carve them in three sixty-five three last week. Oh, you're really? Oh, you're doing it. All I'm right. doing it. I'm and doing you're
0: it. Do, you're doing it. All right. All right. Uh, look, um, this is kind of one of those things where I said I don't care about the number right now. I think mean, if a team's going to win. I'm just going to, if it's not a ridiculous number like you know seventeen, I'm just going to do it. So I'm on Philly, and I, I. But I. Either way, you know, the last time we saw Eli and like towards the end there you could tell this they have this like QB PTSD where they don't want to take hits anymore and literally when they feel the pressure coming they because they don't have any mobility anymore they just kind of tuck the ball down like go down in the way to get hit so I'm asking you
1: um over under for Eli Turtles in this game three (laughs) yeah five five Uh, five and a half oh I was gonna so I'll go I'll go under that but uh, if you were giving me three and a half, definitely over. Uh, so I'm <laughs> going to go with four or five, if you want to get exact. <laughs> All right. All right. No, I, I can't – I can't. I mean, like, it's like,
0: you know, when uh, – like Flacco. I don't think he really even turned a lot, but, like, you could tell he's one of those guys, like, he can't move anymore. So as soon as the first look is gone, it's, it's over. It's just it, – it's over. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see that on Monday Night where I think – I mean, I, th- I think they're gonna just destroy this guy. So, um. all right, that's it. You are on the Giants was nine and a half good for you. I'm on Philly minus nine and a half. That brings us to um, the power or fade five, whichever you would like to refer to it as. Uh, I'm gonna get out there first. And again, all all I want to do can I? All I want is go three and two. That's
1: it. That's it. I got admit, this is extremely hard for me this week. <laughs> Alright, well this there's just a there's a lot of favorites. So um yeah, all
0: right. I'm starting out Buffalo plus five and a half. Okay. Vikings minus thirteen, Houston minus nine and a half, Pitt minus two and a half,
1: and the Patriots minus three. Okay, so not uh we have a couple same games. Um different on the first one. All right, Baltimore minus five and a half. Cleveland okay. minus eight. I Tampa real. Bay, Tampa Bay minus three. Wow, I'm, I'm <laughs> i did it. Yeah, I did it. Uh, Houston minus nine and a half. Okay. And and Pitt minus two and a half. So I think we get two of the same one player, one opposite, and then two others that were. Different. No, no pass for you there. Uh, no, no pass for me this week. No. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think I had him last week either. Uh, I don't. Mm, I, 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 I I don't. I don't think so. No. No, you did they're not. Not necessarily a power five pick every week, but they're the teams you should bet on every week if they're going to bet through the game. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. All right, we did it. We
0: got through the board. <laughs> it was uh, a wild one. A lot of turns along the way tonight. Yeah, a few uh, television um, recommendations I thought were very solid, and uh, probably better than the actual picks themselves turned out to be. So that's great. Uh anything, you know, you usually say go green. They're not playing, thank God. So is there anything uh you'd like to you know any parting
1: shots you'd like to add here? I'll just add that it's thirty one to fourteen with six minutes to go in the fourth. Uh Cowboys will lose this game and Garrett? If Jason Gitter gets on the play. <laughs> yeah, everyone dial up that Jerry Jones presser
0: uh <laughs> as soon as possible uh tomorrow. All right, well uh hey until next week doctor um this is great and good luck to everyone out there yeah get that Oregon on the money line there uh, minus six and a half no that they're they are plus six and a half of course um nice weekend of championship week coming up here in college football it's the last week uh You know, kind of sad for college football Um, that it's over here for a few weeks. But I think uh, we're headed for a nice Final Four in college, uh, at least I I think so. And uh, NFL Week 14 and the stretcher we have ahead will definitely be back here at Swipe Right Sports for the rest of that season. It is your sports pod hookup. I am your host, Bobby Adcock. Download, subscribe, rate, review, Twitter, Instagram, at Sports Pod Hookup. Me, Twitter, Instagram, at Real Bobby Adcock. Throw out a review. Say you love it. Insult us. It's all good. No matter what. Uh, I hope it was beneficial. I hope you enjoyed listening and we appreciate it. We will see you next week.